Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Cellar Dwellers Home Winemaking Talkcast with Dave Nelson and the other guy. Welcome back to another episode of our Home Winemaking Talkcast. I'm Dave Nelson. And I'm the other guy. Remember, I'm the, I'm the engineer, the numbers guy, numbers the technical guy. one. And you're the... Passionate. The passionate one. The passionate one. There's a song, The Passionate One, isn't there? I hope not. <laughs> and please uh, don't... hum a few bars. No, don't sing one for us. Uh, I'll, I'll pay you to... Johnny Rivers did The Passionate One. Who's Johnny Rivers? Johnny Rivers. I'm or was that Joan Rivers? Maybe it was Joan Rivers. Wasn't there a Johnny Rivers? Uh, maybe, but I never heard of him or her. Secret Agent Man. Yeah? Yeah. Are you pulling my leg? No, that's who sang Secret Agent Man. Okay. He had a bunch of hits. Double check that. Uh, To any of our listeners, if the uh, other guy here is wrong, please send him lots of email and let him know he was wrong. If he's right, no need to to send anything in. So today we're going to review step 10. We're actually doing, real time here, a Racking from the Lees. Racking from the Lees, a Sherlock Holmes novel. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that one either. Johnny Rivers sang the <laughs> tune for the movie. I thought Johnny Rivers was the suspect in the Sherlock Holmes novel. Oh, I don't know. Remember, there are 14 key steps to making wine at home. Just reviewing very Quick quickly. Review. Quick review. Step one was to get the equipment. Step two, find the grapes. Step three, crush and destem the grapes. Step four, kill the stray yeast with your sulfur dioxide and make your other adjustments. Step five, add your own yeast of your choice. Remember to use the wine yeast, not the muffin yeast. No wine muffins, please. Step, step six is the fermentation and the punch down, followed by seven, the pressing. Depressing? Pre- no, the pressing. Oh, the pressing. The pressing. Step eight, the Barrels or glass, whatever you're going to store your wine in in order to introduce the oak flavors. Step 9, which was optional, malolactic fermentation. Step 10, the one we're doing today, racking from the lees. Step 11, the final SO2, potassium metabisulfite adjustment. Followed by 12, the bottling and aging. 13, the labeling. And 14, our continuous step, which is drinking. My favorite. One of the benefits of racking is that you've got your wine at the ready. Since I started this process a little bit before you got here, other guy, I have some wine for you to sample. So, uh, uh, as you can see there, that is the Syrah with no malolactic no fermentation. No malolactic fermentation. Now, even though we're making about 50 gallons of Syrah, we thought it'd be fun to keep five gallons aside and do not do the malolactic fermentation on it because then we can compare how does this five gallons taste compared to the other 45. That's, that's one of the fun parts of winemaking when you get up above 
20 or 30 gallons, you can play around with them, can't you? you right, can. you have all sorts of variations with different kinds of oak and obviously different kinds of yeasts and bacteria. So what do you think of our Syrah there with no malolactic fermentation? Mm. At this stage, excellent. We should uh, sort of forewarn, warn, forewarm. <laughs> you know, one sip of Syrah and the other guy Wait, is what's gone. What's this worm doing in my Syrah? <laughs> What, Did you uh, use the used garbage can <laughs> for the Syrah? Oh, I did. That was the problem. Yeah, yeah, we didn't yeah, buy yeah. the new garbage can for the Syrah. Well, at this stage, we're what? At four months we're out. Four months uh, since we fermented. making the grapes or right. making the wine. This is probably the, the place where your wine is going to be the least delicious. And, and the problem is that when it first ferments and your uh, two weeks into the process, it's very fruity and it really tastes mm -hmm. delicious. Mm -hmm. But now we've put it right into these barrels, so it's sitting there soaking up wood flavor. And uh, raw wood is not one of the more popular flavors. And, uh, you know, nothing is integrated or mellowed. It's still very acidic and it's got a lot of tannins in it. And none of the flavors are sort of integrated at this point. Right, right. In so, fact, I remember with our O3. Zinfandel, our first wine that we made, we tasted at this point and we thought, oh my God, we've screwed everything what up. What did we do wrong? What did we do wrong? But there's a reason they don't sell wines when they're four months old, and it's exactly this. It's going to take a lot longer, like another year or two. In fact, I think they're sort of at the, at the bottom right now, and they'll start getting better now month by month. Right, so if you taste at this point in your home winemaking, don't panic. Don't be disappointed because you're not looking at your final product yet. Let's get on with racking. We're on okay. uh, step 10, racking. That brings me to one of my favorite pieces of equipment, probably one of the three best inventions associated with wine, and that is this thing called the auto siphon. One of the three best? You think pretty highly of this little yes. device. Yes, we'll talk about the other, other really important invention. Well, we've already talked about one, the, the crusher destemmer. It gets all those grapes off of the stems. I consider that to be one of the best. That the auto the best. siphon is uh, is another really good one. And by the, the glass way, is my favorite. <laughs> the wine glass. Ah, yes, that was a very important invention, and that wasn't even in my top three. It's my number one. The auto siphon. This is a great invention, and I think it costs less than ten dollars. Amazingly cheap. It is cheap, so you don't have to pay an arm and a leg for something like this. Uh, no, you don't have to pay an arm and a leg for it. An arm and a leg. Yes, now that's a cliché you've brought up. I have brought up a cliché. Now, now do, you, do you know where that cliché comes from? I don't, but I'm sure you do. I studied it in engineering school. Paying an arm and a leg. Paying All right, lay it on me. Lay it now, on me. It used to be back before there was photography. When you wanted a rendering of yourself, you couldn't go you know, down to the photography studio. You went to an artist who would paint you. And in fact, the pricing for painting was based on doing your torso and your head. Obviously, it's a lot more work if you wanted to have your arms or legs painted. And so they actually charged you an incremental price for each arm and each leg. So the expression comes from literally paying for paying an arm. For the arm. Anatomical and a, fee. Exactly. Paying an arm and a leg. And paying an arm and a leg. So if you wanted your whole body, you've got 100 bucks. If you want the bust, it might be fifty bucks. Now with the bust, throw you the get left the head. arm in there at sixty-two fifty. Something like that. Head That's where it comes somehow. from. Any ideas on paying out the wazoo? <laughs> where did that one come from? We'll have Maybe to next, uh, next show. Yeah. We'll, we'll look that one we'll look up that and one see up if we can have that uh, for, for, for our listeners. 
the auto siphon. This is a great invention. Paying uh, an arm and a leg. And but not for this. Not, not for paying this. an arm and a leg. Exactly. For this, this was device. actually very, very reasonable. Yeah, quick description. It's, just, it's like tube. It's like a tube inside a tube. A, a tube inside project. a tube. And um, get the siphon. Going. Now what we're going to do here is we have a barrel. It's sitting on its side. It's about three feet off the ground because we planned ahead of time. This is actually half a barrel, uh, which means it's 29 and a half gallons or so. Uh, empty, it weighs probably more than 100 pounds. But uh, if it were a full-size wine barrel, we'd be talking about you know a lot more weight and a lot more volume. With this thing full, it's about 300 pounds, and so you can imagine it would get pretty difficult to manage full wine barrels. So we like to use these half barrels. Right, and the half barrel is roughly, what, about two feet in diameter by... Maybe three feet deep. Three feet deep. Yeah, not too Give big. Give you a rough idea of the size of a half barrel. And we've got them on the side, so they're... Bunghole is pointing up. Wait, wait whose hole's pointing up? <laughs> now, the bunghole. Who are you calling a bunghole? <laughs> oh, numbers, man. Uh, yes, uh, this is a G-rated show, so I'm not going to go any deeper into where bunghole comes from. So you pl- <laughs> you pl- <laughs> plunge the, <laughs> the siphoning device into the bunghole. Well, now you're getting <laughs> slightly ahead of the game. First of all, we've got to remove this airlock, right? We've We've kept this... Uh, barrel sealed because we didn't want any oxygen into it. Oxygen is the enemy of bad wine, guy. of course. That's so we've got to remove this airlock and this rubber stopper that's plugging the bunghole. And now what we're going to do is put our uh, auto siphon part way down. And of course, there's a hose attached to it. And we're going to drain from a barrel, which is about three feet elevated off the ground, down to our, we're using our fermentation tank just because that's a handy thing to store in. And uh, we're going to let gravity do the work here. But, of course, we've got to get this siphon started. And what you can't do, the reason for the auto siphon... <laughs> exactly. You can't put your mouth on one end of this thing to get Don't it started. Because you're going to add some bad microbiology to your, your wine. Cleanliness is extremely important. In fact, we sterilized everything here with our 10% solution of potassium metabisulfite. So keeping everything very clean. We put the auto siphon into the barrel uh, and uh, we give it a couple of pumps like this. And uh, look at that, just like magic, the wine is now running down uh, out of the barrel. At a pretty good rate too with uh, about a half inch inch food grade quality plastic hosing. Exactly. And now I'm going to very gently set this auto siphon all the way down onto the bottom of the barrel. But we want to be careful not to stir anything on the bottom of the barrel because we know there's about a half of an inch of lees of dead yeast sitting down there. And the whole point of this process is we want to get the wine out and leave the lees in. Otherwise, we'd end up with a very cloudy wine. Does the auto siphon drain from the exact bottom of the barrel or is it designed to be, to drain and siphon a few inches off the bottom. Well, that's a great point. You want the auto siphon to be enough off the bottom of the barrel that's not going to suck in any of that lees. The whole point here is we want to leave that, that bad leave stuff, barrel, that dead right. yeast behind. This is actually our second racking at the four-month process. When we did our first racking, there was a lot of lees, probably two, three inches, and so we actually attached a 
a chopstick of all things uh, to our auto siphon just to raise it about three inches off the bottom of the barrel. And that way we had it up above the lees. This time we know just from experience and also by looking at our carboys, there's only a half or a quarter inch of lees at the bottom of this and the auto siphon itself is built so that it doesn't draw liquid or wine from the bottom inch. So we can just very gently set this down into the bottom of the barrel and know that it's not going to pull uh, in any of the leads. I, I had no idea this device did all this. You know, I, I think this is becoming one of my top three devices. So <laughs> I'm it glad, might surpass the wine. I'm glad Your description you're seeing it of that it. I'm, Now I'm just passionate about this thing. I'm happy to hear you've got some passion for the auto siphon because as you look around here, we have three barrels and what? One, two, three, four, five, six, about ten carboys. About car ten carboys. And uh, it is a major hassle to start a siphon without the auto siphon. There you go. We are now draining from the barrel using gravity into what was uh, originally our fermentation tank. So now we're going to uh, jump forward in time. We'll uh, cut right here. Now we're back and we finished draining our barrel. The uh, 30 gallons has come out of the barrel. It's now sitting in the fermentation tank. It looks incredibly deep and dark like ink and nice gorgeous and this is the cabernet by the and way and clean since you mentioned the cabernet i have uh two samples here oh i love racking and racking is a great step so here's a cabernet uh that i just a minute ago racked out of one of the carboys and this we added actually eight ounces of medium toast oak chips to a five gallon carboy. That's pretty heavy on the oak, but of course a good Cabernet should be able to stand up to a lot of oak. So what do you think of that one? Oh my, you can really taste the oak flavor in this compared to the Syrah that we tried a little bit ago that had no oak in no it. No oak. Now I have a Cabernet here. This one has no oak either, just for a point of comparison. And this one hasn't been through, this is the five gallons that we kept out with no uh, malolactic fermentation. So you can do a direct comparison what do you think of that one? How does it compare? Well, you can definitely tell that the malic acid being kind of gobbled up by the bacteria, leaving lactic acid, has really taken the edge off of that acidity. It's not so sharp. Right, at this point. Definitely. It's still cool very biology. oaky, and uh, this is just going to need a couple of years to, to sit and integrate and, and mellow and age. Now, our next step, We've got to clean our barrel, remove that lease, and we actually have the best suggestion that the other guy ever made right behind us here in our wine cellar. Utility tub. The utility tub and the hose. We didn't have this down here when we first started. This is really, I must thank you for... Well, uh, it's the least I could do. Yeah, well, it was the least you could do because the other guy... I didn't do any of it. <laughs> the other guy just tell a little story, said, hey, Dave, you know, how about we put in a utility tub and a, um, uh, a hose down here? That'd be really handy. I'll be by on uh, Saturday to help you with this. And sure enough, you did show up at 8 a.m. with the utility tub, dropped it in my garage and took off and was never seen again. So it was truly with the, note, the let least me know when you're done. that you could do. Uh, but, uh, you know, with my plumbing skills, I was able to put it together, and this is really handy. So what we're going to really do... Really handy. We, a, a really strong suggestion. If you don't have a utility tub and hose near your your winemaking area of your 
basement or wherever you're doing this, look into that. Why? Because you won't pay an arm and a leg for one. <laughs> yes, and, I'm, and it's quite handy. I'm sure you won't. And it's also quite handy to have a drain right at the middle of your floor. We've got a cement floor down here with a drain in the center of it. That makes it a lot easier. So we're going to rinse out our barrel and maybe just share one other tip. In past years, when we had multiple barrels, we would take a shortcut where we would drain the first barrel and then we would rack from the second barrel into the first barrel, from the third barrel into the second barrel, and then we would refill the third barrel with what we started with. The problem with that, the risk in doing that, if anything goes wrong with any of your wines or any of your barrels, and you're moving your wines, you want to do a sound effect for us? Contamination. There you go. If anything goes wrong with any of the barrels, you could potentially ruin all your wines. So what we're doing now is we're racking out of a barrel, and then we're going to clean the barrel and go back into that same barrel so we're not mixing our wines into different barrels. Say, wait a minute. You still have the wine (laughs) in the thing down. You're not fooling me. You cheaters. (laughs) Through the magic of editing, jump ahead again. We now have a clean barrel. And we're going to put it back up three feet off the ground. And, of course, we've got our wine now sitting in the fermentation tank on the ground. We can no longer use our auto siphon to get from point A to point B. By the way, just a point here. Rinsing the barrel, we rinse just with water. We really don't want to introduce any more metabisulfite solution. There's no really no need to, right, Dave? You're absolutely right, other guy. We just got to... Get that lees out of the bottom. And right. the easiest way to do it is point the bunghole down. And in fact... <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, don't go there. I, d- I dated someone. <laughs> with, yes, anyway. Um, and uh, Yeah, let's not Reminds go there. Me of a college girlfriend. <laughs> college girlfriend with the bunghole down. Uh, we put the... <laughs> I'm trying to do a show here, which you settled down there, other guy. Uh, you can tell that the uh, the tasting, uh, Step 14, has uh, seriously contaminated Step 10 today. Uh, There's a whole new meaning to racking. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. So, Indeed. bunghole down, and the easiest thing to do is take the hose and just squirt straight up and rinse all that leaf. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm trying to do a serious wine cast here. So the bunghole's down, the barrel's three feet in the air, and I just squirt the hose straight up into it and rinse it out all that lees, rinses out right on the ground, and runs into the drain, okay? Now I'm through it. What would you like to say? <laughs> all right, we're clean. Okay, we're clean. So nice, now... Clean. Yep, got a nice, nice clean, empty barrel empty there. Empty barrel, empty barrel. Uh, Don't get that microphone down the bunghole. (laughs) Won't be pretty. Now we need to get the wine back into our barrel. Back into the barrel. And for this... uh, It has to go up. It's got to go up. Uphill. uh, I know I'm not a numbers guy, but... uh, You are brilliant. (laughs) Even though I'm passionate about it. In dental school. I can tell we can't siphon up. We cannot siphon up, yes. For this, we have a wine pump. And it's one of those handy bits of equipment we bought along the way. You know, we didn't have it the first year. So the way we did this the first year, and I'll tell you why we're not doing this now, but the way we did this the first year, we took some stainless steel pails and we put a big old funnel on top of the barrel and we just 
lifted the wine just up. Just like the old movies of putting out a fire, just dumping it exactly, in. Exactly, dumped it right down. Uh, but why don't you want to do that? Dave? Well, you don't want to do that because you're exposing your wine to a, a lot of oxygen. When you do that, oxygen, you, oxygen, oxygen. When you pour that, thank you for the sound effects. When you pour that into the barrel, it goes splashing down, and it's just getting all stirred up with oxygen. And really, that excess oxygen is not a good thing. Not what you want. We did it, and the Cabernet turned out okay. Didn't ruin it, but. All things being equal, if you can find a method so you don't heavily oxygenate your wine at this point, that's better. And so we have our pump here. We're going to turn it on and pump from our uh, tank on the floor back up into the barrel. And again, we want to pump up because this barrel will be 300 pounds when it's full. And we want it up high so we can rack next time or bottle using gravity. By the way, we did pay an arm and a leg for this pump, didn't we? Well, I think you're right. That was probably One around more 250 right. bucks, and that was on eBay. And that was, right. And was that a wine-specific pump, or was it that a, just a food-grade pump? Well, I mean, actually, what was the deal with that? You probably could get any food-grade pump. This Price is may not be any different. But. specific for pumping wine. It's a company called Buon Vino or something like that, B-U-O-N-V-I-N-O. And their pump is called the Flowjet. And it's nice because it does have a filter with it if you want to filter. Now, we've chosen not to filter our wine. Instead, we invest in doing a good job of racking. But uh, it sort of has that that multiple purpose. So we bought it new on eBay. Buy it now, $250. It helps us keep the oxygen level down during this racking process. Very good. All right, so let's fire up the uh, pump here and uh, get the wine going back up to the barrel. And the pump uh, automatically uh, siphons the wine straight from our fermentation vat and is now pumping it back up to the barrel. The other key point here is the hose should be all the way down in the bottom of the barrel so that we're not splashing into the barrel and picking up a lot of oxygen. For God's sakes, make sure your bunghole is pointing up. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, other guy. We're coming to the uh, end of the show. That's the end of the process. Is there anything that uh, you'd like to say in closing? Just remember, uh, when you're siphoning out, bunghole up. When you're draining, bunghole down. Ah, yes. Very good advice. And when you're pumping back into the barrel, bunghole up. Excellent. We, so. You could lose a lot of wine. <laughs> that could be uh, quite a problem. So that's the passionate one. He knows all about the bungholes. You can passionate take, about take, bungholes. take his advice. That's the racking process. So until uh, next step, which is the final uh, SO2 adjustment, and we'll combine that one with bottling and aging, I think, because those are sort of go together. Until then, I'm Dave Nelson. And I'm the other guy. See you next time. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.